God's plan, God's plan. I can't do this on my own, hey, no, hey. Someone watching it close, yep, close. I've been me since Scarlet Road, hey. Welcome, bro. Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers yeah. to another hey. edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Energized hey. by Celsius, I'm John Ledyard from PewterReport.com. With me is Scott Reynolds from PewterReport.com as well. And we are here to talk about a million different things and what could be an off-season of change or complete stability for the Bucks. But the truth will probably be somewhere in between, Scott. We've got no shortage of topics for today's show. The season might be over, but the topics, as they always seem to with the Bucks in the last couple of years, are are nonstop right now for Tampa Bay. This is going to be an action-packed hour, probably hour-plus Buckle up, get ready, because uh, all hell is about to break loose in Tampa. That's right. Uh, there is a million things up in the air, and which direction will they go? What are we hearing? What do we think is going to happen? What are we deducing from what we're hearing around with the Bucks around the NFL? We're going to talk about all of it today on the show. We'll get into each case-by-case situation as we look at Byron Leftwich, Todd Bowles, Tom Brady, Bruce Arians situation, Kevin Garver, Larry Foote. Probably thinks Chris Godwin even. I know a lot of people want to know about Chris Godwin for agency. Will that be affected by anything that's happening? We'll talk about all of it on today's show. So get your questions ready. Get your thoughts ready. Get your super chats ready. And we'll be ready to to do it with you here. But first, we got to talk about our friends over at Celsius. The title sponsor of all Pewter Report podcasts. Title sponsor of our show. Celsius powers active lives every day with essential functional energy. I'm rocking the peach vibe. You've had a two today, Celsius John. day, Scott. Two Celsius no. day today. This this should have been a two Celsius day for me. <laughs> been burning the midnight oil here, but no, only one Celsius. Usually it does the trick. So this is not a knock on Celsius whatsoever. Since Sunday, we have been going absolutely nonstop. Have we not, John Ledger? Like, we have been going about as nonstop as nonstop. I don't even recall like the times yeah. that I've slept. Like I have, yeah. but it's just been like you're down, and then like yeah. you, it's like you wake back up and like you nod it off. And I'm about 20 years older than you, so I needed <laughs> two right. Celsius today. This is this is my mistake, not Celsius. But I tried the grape today, John. I got the variety pack. You know, I, I love orange, still my favorite go-to. But I had the grape today because I got the variety pack. Yeah. Um, kids wanted some different flavors, and and boy, flavors they are. They've got right? them. I mean, they've it, got them. They they do. And so uh, I, I had the grape, the wild berry came in there, the strawberry guava. Uh, those are um, my daughter Jillian's favorite. She loves those. I love the sparkling Fuji apple pear. Um, John, you're a big fan of the peach vibe, you said. Mm-hmm. And yes, there's just a whole assortment of flavors. There's even a cola flavored. So Yes, and one actually one of my colleagues in the field who covers the Vikings was like, it's crazy how good the cola flavor is. <laughs> like it, it was like, I can't believe how good it is. And he's a drinker of some other your caffeinated yeah, beverages. They nailed it. So, yeah. yeah. And then the great thing is, is there's no sugar and no preservatives in here. And so what that means, John, is you get all the flavor, all the energy you need, but none of the crash. And that's the important thing when you're drinking an energy drink. You don't want to that have that crash a couple hours later. And that's what Celsius allows yep. you to do. Have the energy without the crash. Get your hands on some Celsius, folks. Go to the Pewter Report website, pewterreport.com. Click on those mm-hmm. Celsius banner ads. When you do, they'll take you to um, to a store locator, and you can you can find out where Celsius is located in your area. Go grab a couple cans. Try them. Uh, health and fitness stores, grocery stores, convenience stores. Then once you find the ones you like, go to Amazon, buy them in bulk. They'll ship them right to your house, and you save some money with the subscribing sale. Right. 
Absolutely great deal. No question about it, Scott. Let's dive in. Uh, we've got a lot of ground to cover. Let's talk about Byron Leftwich first. Yep. Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator, last night, it's been long assumed, and we've kind of indicated on the show that the assumption has been he's probably going to be the front runner in Jacksonville. Right. So, to some degree, we thought maybe it would depend on what happened with Trent Balk, their general manager. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like he Balk is going to get fired at this point. So it, it, Byron Leftwich still appears to be the front runner. In fact, appears to be imminent that he will become the Jacksonville Jaguars head coach. Yes. Last night, reports started to surface from a couple Jaguars local sources, and then if slowly branched in Ben Albright, who kind of does this. He's in Denver, but he kind of does this nationally. Is confirmed. Almost every Jacksonville local person, or a lot of them, have kind of confirmed that this thing is closed. Rick Stroud, Tampa Bay Times, is talking about it. We've talked about it. You know, this thing yeah. is is on its way to happening in Jacksonville with Byron right. Leftwich, unless something crazy happens and things get shook up. Right, Scott. Yeah, I agree. And, and I, I think what you're seeing now is because there's two candidates right, right for this job, I think they're trying to squeeze Byron Leftwich and saying, hey, listen, we've got another candidate here and uh, we want you for this price. So let's go ahead and get this deal done. And Byron's saying, uh, I want what I want, what my agent thinks I'm worth. And I think that's what the holdup is right now, because all of the reports we've seen, whether it's local or national media, either local from Jacksonville or the, the national folks, Schefter, the rap reports, et cetera, have said it's contract details. Well, contract details usually are two things, money and control, right? That's that's typically what it is. And usually the head coach has control over the uh, coaching staff and over right. the 53. Usually GMs have control over the, the entire 90-man roster heading into training camp and draft, you know, say and things like that. So there might be some of that, but I think it's boiling down to contract numbers. So once once the Jacksonville Jaguars finally make it official, that's what we're expecting. It really could, John, start a chain reaction in Tampa because a couple of these coaches are, are expected to leave. One of them is Larry Foote, the outside linebackers coach, who the Bucks would love to have replace Todd Bowles if Bowles leaves for a head coaching job. And right now, I don't know that Todd Bowles is going to get one. What do you think? Yeah. yeah, it really sounds that way. You've talked to some people. I've talked to some people in the know. We kind of came together and compared notes, and both of us kind of got the impression from those that we talked to that Todd Bowles has a shot in Las Vegas, but is probably not the top candidate in Las Vegas right, right. now. Obviously, things could change. Their order of priority could get shuffled based on whoever they hire as general manager. That has not happened yet. John Spitek. Right. Uh, VP of player personnel for the Bucks is also or is also going to interview or they've requested permission to interview him. Bowles flew to Las Vegas today. He will interview tomorrow with the Raiders uh, for their head coaching position. And Spy right. Tech is going to probably be in the mix there, too. So yeah. maybe the Raiders are envisioning a potential pairing of those two. We don't really know at this point, but it doesn't sound like from the people that you and I have talked to, the Bulls is at the top of that list. And right, right. now that's the list. Like there really yep. isn't like it's Raiders or, or back to Tampa Bay for Todd yeah. Bowles because it sounds like Chicago and Minnesota are going to go in other directions based on the GMs they hired. And right. obviously the Jaguars are zeroing in on left, which the only other place yeah. he's interviewed is Las Vegas. Now it's weird, but the saints, they have really not started yet. So 
we know that Dennis Allen and Aaron Glenn are kind of the front runners there. It yeah. would be shocking if Bulls got interviewed there. Right. He has not um, a lot of success the, against them. I think Dennis <laughs> Allen has proven to be exactly, yeah. I don't, better defensive yeah. coordinator in those head-to-head matchups, right? Right. So, so I don't think that's going to happen, but it is worth noting that that one just opened up. So it right. doesn't. It seems like it's Raiders are back to Tampa for, for Bulls, and I don't think yeah. it's going to be the Raiders. So so the, the problem it really is timing because if, let's say, for example, if Bulls were to leave, it's not going to be till later in the week if it happens and john and i at this stage don't think it's going to but we expect that byron lefwich will get the jack jacksonville jaguars job and and then if if that is indeed the case you know we we expect larry foot the outside linebackers coach to go with him and be the defensive coordinator yeah now the, the bucks would like him the problem is just the timing of it because mm-hmm. As it stands right now, the Buccaneers can't say, Larry, we want you to stay and be the defensive coordinator. And he would because, say, well, yeah. you already got one. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, here's the other part about this with Bulls, Scott. I, From what I've heard, it's not everybody loves Todd Bulls. Everybody around the league loves him. He gets yes. a lot of respect around the league. Yep. I didn't think the number of teams, and I know he just got four interviews, so maybe this is ridiculous to say, but he got interviews last year too. But yep. I think the number of teams that see him as like a head coach material are, are diminishing right now. I, I would guess – he stays with Tampa Bay, and regardless of what the defense does, maybe if they're like yeah. number one in the league or some crazy, you know, next year with their right. schedule, that'd be nuts. But I think you're going to start to see less interviews for Todd Bowles, which I means agree. he either stays as the Bucks DC for a while mm-hmm. and then succeeds Arians, yeah, or possibly. maybe he doesn't do either. But I do think you're going to see not only takes one team, but right. I don't think you're going to see the volume of interviews you've had the last couple of years for Bulls uh, again in the future. He just it's I not agree. that he interviews and like goes in as unprepared. I just think he doesn't. But based on what I've heard and what I've been told, I don't think he goes in interviews and wows people. Correct. And that's he, what he's not an overly charismatic guy. And if you exactly. if, if you watched him in these press conferences, that that's kind of what you see is what you get. I, I've asked Buccaneer players before about Todd Bowles. And I said, is what you see what you get in the press conferences? And they said, yeah, he's pretty straightforward, although he's funnier in person, right? He, he doesn't really let his humor come out in these press conferences. He only talks to media for like eight, 12 minutes a week, once a week. So we don't really get a, an entire glimpse of, of Todd Bowles, but right. sometimes he lets his guard down at training camp or things like that. But but he, he comes across as kind of, you know, vanilla. He's kind of what you mm. see is what you get. Not the most energetic, charismatic person. I mean, for example, compare him to Raheem Morris, former Bucks coach, who just has an effervescent personality. Yeah. Like yeah. Raheem Morris glows. He doesn't yeah. stand out in a room. He glows, mm-hmm. right? That was the attraction why the Buccaneers hired him mm-hmm. at age, what, 32, 33, however old he was mm-hmm. back in 2009, just because of his charismatic personality, in addition to his defensive acumen and how he was brought mm-hmm. up and raised under – Monty Kiffin, Mike Tomlin, et cetera. Right. So the thing with Bowles is, you know, and part of this is, and Adam Gase found out firsthand in, in New York, you got to win the media, right? You got to mm-hmm. win the press conference, right? Uh, the, the media, the, the national media gets you hired. The local media gets you fired. That's mm-hmm. that's typically how it goes for coaches. So yeah. there and is Bowles is likable. He's just element. not like – uh... He's not like the kind of personality that gets everybody. Well, wow, look at this guy! Like yes. he's just players love you know, him, right? But uh, exactly, I think. But but do owners love stuff. him? Right yeah. now, right. The, the, this is just rumor and speculation and conjecture. But I've heard this. I'm just going to relay it. I don't know how much stock I put into it, but it seems like the Raiders are possibly waiting to see if if uh, Jim Harbaugh would leave Michigan right. 
yeah. after the recruiting cycle to go there. That's why they're kind of dragging their feet with looking for Rich Basaccia's replacement mm -hmm. is because that's that's the eye on the prize. I think Harbaugh, being a Michigan man, not just a head coach, but a alum, does not want to leave Michigan in the lurch. So I think right. if he's going to leave the Wolverines, it would be after the recruiting cycle is done, and then he might go Correct. to the Raiders. I think that's what and listen, if you're in if you're in Vegas and you go from John Gruden, which was the sexy hire a couple years ago, and you're Mark Davis, you, you you want another superstar coach. Yeah. Now, and I th I think that's he's going to be paying though. I mean, he just doesn't care about yeah. twice. You know, yeah. yeah. That is also what I heard, Scott. Now yeah. I think a lot of it's like gut feeling with people. I don't know how much of it's like, yeah, we definitely heard this is was this going to happen. Yeah. I think it's just like that's what I the Raiders not, want. Yeah. Right. I don't think Harbaugh's indicated to them a whole lot from what I've right. heard, but I think a lot of people think that they're waiting it out to see that. But in the meantime, there was this law and then they're like, all right, we're going to have to wait a little bit longer. Let's start interviewing yeah, people again. Right. And so now it's like, bull, just, spy just check, to make it seem, GMs today. Just to make it yeah. seem like we're doing something right. Yeah, we're we're trying right. to like get the Raiders a head coach and maybe a GM. Yeah. Exactly. And the GM is the other part of it for the Raiders. Like who would they pair with Harbaugh? There's some talk that it could be Ed Dodds, uh, but a lot of people are kind of, from what I've heard in the interview process, maybe even been rubbed the wrong way a little bit by Dodd's personality. And so obviously things didn't go well with him in Chicago. He kind of withdrew right. his name. And uh, so anyway, I, I, we'll see what happens with the Raiders. There's a lot up in the air right. uh, in terms of that one right yeah. now. Okay, um, so, sure. so let's stay with the coaching here for a second. We're going to talk about quarterbacks too and, and maybe you know what right. lies ahead for the Buccaneers there. Let, let me ask you this. Yeah. We, the first thing we want to say too is that Arians has said if Leftwich leaves, which looks imminent now, right. Arians would probably call – plays again so people in the chat right. i see them talking about like are is is the loss is byron a significant loss or is he not a significant loss i have some thoughts on this but i wanted to hear your opinion like do you think it's a significant loss to to lose byron leftwich for the bucks do you think it shakes things up and even i know we kind of probably agree on this but do you do you think it has any effect on brady's decision for whether to return or not i don't think so just because right. <clears throat> When Tom Brady decided to come to Tampa, Byron Leftwich had been on the job one year, right? Now, he right. worked with Byron these last you know, two years. Mm -hmm. But Byron Leftwich had only been the offensive coordinator in Tampa under Bruce Arians for the 2019 season. That was with Jameis Winston. 5,000 yards, but 31 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. So having said that, I think that the allure for Brady was working with Arians, the quarterback whisperer. This is a guy that has 13 years of play calling experience dating back to Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Indianapolis for one season, and then all of the time from 2013 to 2017 with the Cardinals. So I think that is where the comfort level is. Now, I think if, if Arians did not call plays, let's say, and this is another shoe that could drop too, if Kevin Garber, the wide receivers coach who the Buccaneers like, and they view him as a potential. We wrote about this on PeterReport.com. There's a story up there. There could be a bidding war for Kevin Garver mm -hmm. as the offensive coordinator. The Bucks want to keep him. This is someone that Arians has groomed since 2013. At the same time, he's close with Leftwich. He could go to be the offensive coordinator in Jacksonville. When I say bidding war, it literally might come down to dollars. How much, how mm -hmm. much money Jacksonville or Tampa is willing to pay to keep Kevin Garver. Now, this wouldn't change the play calling thing, right, John? Because we assume, well, we know that Arian said he he's likely to call plays here. 
And I think that's the case because Garver doesn't have any play calling experience outside of a half of a preseason game against the Texans that he called. Right. And, and, and that's something Bruce Arian said exclusively to PeterReport.com. But we expect Byron Lefwich to also call plays in Jacksonville, right, John? Right. That's where it gets tricky for Garver and where Brady's return may play into his decision, but he may not have any insight into it. He probably won't. In fact, if this right. Lefwich thing goes down quickly, he probably won't have time to, to evaluate what Brady's doing. So you go and you take your chances in a non-play calling role in Jacksonville, which is a pretty unstable environment with very little talent. Or you come back to Tampa Bay where there's tons of talent and you know you're going to probably be groomed to be a play caller in a year, given how right. Arians has kind of treated this thing. He's going to exactly. probably groom that, groom that person to eventually be a play caller. He's already done that with Garver, some having yep. to call some in the preseason. You know, you're going to, you could go back to that role. And then if Brady comes back, obviously you made the right decision. If he right. doesn't, the Bucs are going to be aggressive for a quarterback. We'll talk about that in a little yeah. bit here and talk about what some of their and, options are. I, I think to your, answer your question, Arians coming out and saying, I would call the plays would be appealing to, to Brady. I, th mm -hmm. I think that th that's something he threw out there just as, hey, Tom, while you're mulling this over, by the way, just to let you know, if Byron leaves, you're working with me, not some inexperienced guy mm -hmm. that you don't have as much of a rapport with right. in, in Kevin Garver. So I, I yeah. think that was a, an, an interesting little salvo that Bruce Arians put out there in the press conference just right. to get it out there in public to say, hey, um, even if Garber is the offensive coordinator, he's really the passing game coordinator because that's really what Byron Leftwich is. Byron Leftwich is the passing game coordinator and the play caller. Mm -hmm. He has the offensive coordinator title, right? Mm -hmm. But he does the passing game. Harold Goodwin, the offensive line coach, does the run game coordinator. On the left there, yeah. Correct. Yeah. And, and I think that would stay the same. Garber would be the passing game coordinator. Goodwin would be the run game coordinator. And you would have Bruce yeah. Arians, who would Couple be the play caller. Yeah. Then you've got Thad Lewis to your right there next to Rashad Perriman. He would move up from the assistant wide receivers coach to the receivers coach. Mm -hmm. right. And I've also heard that if Kevin Garver does end up going to Jacksonville, don't be surprised to see a meteoric rise from mm -hmm. Thad Lewis from the assistant wide receivers position to the passing game coordinator again. This wouldn't change anything with Arians. He's still calling the plays, but in exclusive quotes to PeterReport.com, Bruce Arians told me that Thad Lewis, when he was the coaching intern during the summer of training camp in 2020, he really impressed the Buccaneers. Right. The Bucs decided, Arians decided to keep him on. And then that year, now Thad Lewis is a former quarterback, and he sees a young Byron Leftwich in, in Thad, Thaddeus Lewis. And what Arians told me was during that year in 2020, he made Lewis draw up a game plan for every game, like a parallel game plan. Mm -hmm. Like, what would you do if you're the OC? I want to see how you would attack the team. And Arians told me it was spot on every week. It's the exact same thing Arians would have done. So that's why this guy is in such high regard. I wrote about it in previous SR's Fab Five. We talked about him yesterday, or I should say on Monday. But if Garver ends up going to Jacksonville, mm. you don't be surprised if Thad Lewis ends up being the quote-unquote offensive coordinator, but he really would just be the passing game coordinator. Harold Goodwin still with, as, as the running game coordinator, and then Arians would be calling plays. 
Right. And I appreciate this $2 super chat from just me, Pooh. Shimmy, imagine how legendary 27 to 3 would have been pain. Uh, no, I agree with you. And, and it could have changed. Obviously, it would change where the team's at right now, especially if they had finished the game off or at least stopped the Rams, gone to overtime, and then had a chance. We would have seen what would have happened. And Bulls, Bulls' game plan for that game was horrendous. And we've detailed that at length. Paul wrote yep. an article today that was terrific for PeterReport.com going into detail with play yep. examples, scheme examples of why this was such a bad game plan. You've probably seen already a lot of reputable people talking about it on Twitter. It was terrible from Todd Bowles. Having said that, and I've been very critical of Bowles, and I do think there are some things he needs to change moving forward, or he's yep. going to fall behind in the NFL the way things are going right now. Having said that about Todd Bowles, I don't think that it means he's a bottom tier defensive coordinator. And I think we need to be careful with this stuff. And I'm just going to take the floor for a second here, Scott, and then you can yep. jump in with, with your thoughts after. But I think all fans need to understand, and it doesn't matter in the season if they understand, I guess they can complain. And that's part of just being a fan. But as it gets to these points in times and there are tiring changes made, people have to understand like the Bucks have gotten so much better on defense since Todd Bowles arrived. That's not disputable. Todd Bowles yes. also leaves a lot to be desired, I think, in certain areas. Would it be – is he the best? Does he deserve – is he the top – You know, he's the highest paid defensive coordinator. Some of that's just when things happen in the league right now. Does he deserve – is he the best defensive coordinator in the NFL? Not in my opinion, no. Is he a top 10 defensive coordinator in the NFL? Now you're talking. That's 10 people like out there, period. The odds that somebody that he'd leave and somebody better than him would fill his job are just not very high, Scott. Now with Leftwich, it's I, I actually think Leftwich has had a better like his three year progression has been pretty remarkable. Especially people say, right. "Oh, Brady does everything." Look, Brady obviously when you're as good and has been as good as long as Brady, that he's going to have a big role in things. But the fact that Leftwich has been able to work with Brady to get a product that's been statistically the best or second best basically offense in the NFL for two years in the top of every category, not to mention to come into a situation with Jameis and that offense was yards, points, third down percentage, right. red zone percentage. They were fourth mm -hmm. in the NFL. I mean, with a dude who was turning over 40 times a year and killing <laughs> your flow, killing everything, killing possessions, like that's crazy. Like yeah. you could do that. And that's all we have to go off of with Leftwich. That's he right. had that in the what four games as an interim coordinator and the worst roster I have ever seen in my life in Arizona. That's yeah. all we have to, to measure him by, really. We don't have a whole lot else to go off of. So just looking at what we've seen, I have no idea what he's going to be for Jacksonville if they indeed, indeed finish this thing off as we are expecting them to, as yeah. it's been reported that they will. But I know that for the Bucks, it is a loss. It doesn't mean it's an insurmountable loss. It doesn't mean Arians can't come in and click right. with Brady right away. There could be great Brady. You know, that could work, I guess, on, yeah. with him on the headset. It could work. Brian's has obviously been a great play caller, but there's no question that it's a loss. Like there are not a lot of offense corners who were doing the things that Leftwich was doing in molding offenses. They right. molded schemes. Could they have done more things? Sure. The play action stuff gets brought up a lot. That's Arians thing. That's been since Leftwich was a player. Arians has been doing little play action. Like that's exactly. not a Leftwich thing. So again, like there's, there's definitely things with Leftwich, like play sequencing. We've talked about a lot. That's an issue with every single. I mean, I'm yelling at the TV with Cal Shanahan, you know, like, like and he's the best that there is, I think. But yeah. play sequencing can be an issue, I think, just in general across the league. But by and large, Leftwich was a very good offensive coordinator, a very good play caller. Like, you and can't John, convince he's, me otherwise. He's three years ahead of, of Kevin Garver or Thad Lewis. Yeah. I mean, the, the next guy's in line, right? right? I mean, he's he's that much further ahead in terms of, of the experience that he's got. The, the play calling acumen, et cetera. So he's just further ahead of the curve. Now, 
are either one of those guys more talented? I mean, time might tell, but as it stands right now, it's just he's more experienced. Yeah, you know, that's, and, that's all there is to it. Yeah, and Nate, uh, gentlemen, is Leftwich to Jacksonville not official? I thought it was. Make Media sure is making it look that way. Yeah, so I we said this kind of at the top of the show, Nate, but last night a lot of people in Jacksonville were saying it. Ben Albright, some other people indicated. Aaron Wilson, Pro Football Network, who's reported for other outlets before uh, for years, also saying it. And then uh, today, it's kind of more confirmation has come out from more local people in Jacksonville that it is trending that way. They're nailing down contractual details. A lot of people have said that today. But then Schefter and Rappaport have kind of said, oh, okay, it's not imminent, but they love Leftwich. He's near the top of their list. And what Scott and I have said is that we think this is like a, a, a money situation, basically, yeah. is whether it's Everflus and, and Leftwich. Right. Jacksonville's it's trying to, trying like, to pinch them. the pennies as much as yeah. they can and, and let Leftwich know, hey, we haven't settled anything. Like, we, right. you know, we have this other guy we like and blah, blah, blah. But real classy way for Jacksonville okay. to go about this. Sure. That's great. I'm sure that's going to work out awesome. Yeah. You know, again, it's probably not going to be on left, which is just Jaguars dying. are going to Jaguar. Goodness John. gracious, man. Yeah. And, <laughs> and not a lot of talent there. Hard for me to trust that situation is going to work out. Even if left, yeah. is head coaching material, which we just have no clue. Yeah. Um, and, so. and John, you were talking about Leftwich there for a second, right? And just, you know, listen, and, and even bowls too. your comments about bowls. I mean, sacks aren't everything, right? But I mean, let's face it. The Buccaneers have been in the top five in sacks mm-hmm. over the last three years with Todd Bowles at, at the helm. And they should and, be with his pressure, with his correct. rates. So, yes, yeah. and and he's been successful, and, and the defense mm-hmm. has has been among the better units. And they won a Super Bowl in, in that the league. And they won a Super Bowl. Deal. And they won a Super Bowl because they had an unbelievable – like he can do right. this. He changed. Yeah. He did it for a game. He can do it. it he right. didn't do it and, this year. He, he didn't do it this year. But the thing is, is you're talking about three years of – 47 plus sacks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Back in 2017, the Buccaneers, John, how many sacks they had back in, in 2017? Uh, not many because I remember that was two. Yeah. I was guess, were they bottom of the league? Were they last? Two sacks. They were dead last in the dead league. Gerald McCoy yeah. led them with six. Clinton McDonald had five. The edge rushers, Robert <laughs> no Ayers, had, had two point, or had, had two sacks. Will Clark had two and a half. Will, Will Clark? Clark. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Russell had two sacks. So it was oh it was abysmal. A, it wow. Was abysmal. So that was before Noah Spencer. Was he hurt that year? He was hurt that year. He yes. was hurt that year. Okay. Yeah. Now, he, mean, had, that he, he had a sack anyway, in the first game of the 2017 right. season. Injured his shoulder. Big draft miss by me. Big draft yeah. miss oh. by me for sure. Uh, architect here, appreciate this uh, $10 super chat. Whose responsibility is to design rub routes and pick schemes to help our role players get open and relieve pressure on banged up O-line? Seems like the elite play callers help out their players. Yes, and I think this is a big point in favor of Leftwich. Like the way that he came into an offense that is not typically designed at its staple concepts to scheme people open and right. put in plays and, and designs and taught them to players. And they came out of that by last week and they had like they had done some of this stuff. Yeah. And change the wide receiver screen game and create and basically put a whole new emphasis on mess. The mesh they ran mesh out of different alignments, right. all kinds of stuff like that. But that's th- like the, he added to that. Typically, Arians' offenses relied on we're going to do some stack releases and we're going to kind of move off of each other on stack releases, and that's how we'll get our mesh before we actually get into the secondary. We'll get our mesh there. But left, which said with Brady, I'm sure input as yeah. well, said like let's move in and let's do some of these concepts moving horizontally, getting players to pick for each other. So right. I think, I don't know what architects overall point is here, but this was actually a, 
a big reason why the Bucs were so much more efficient this year is even though they are yep. not ever going to be the Rams in terms of how they do things with motion and their scheme, Leftwich could not go in and change the whole offense to that degree. Right. What he did was he kept a lot of the root stuff that they have for Arians, which has always been productive and good, and right. he added some more high-efficiency stuff in it. So now you had the rub routes and the mesh stuff, which, by the way, Brashad Perryman game when he touched down against the Bills, boom, that was one. Yep. Um, Mike Evans got so many first downs even over the last few weeks off of mesh concepts, both the right. last couple weeks. Um, you know, he put in things like that into the offense um, and taught them to players in a way that, and the coaches did too, that really made it work uh, very well. So that's just a good example of kind of a way that he did I, have I just an impact. wonder, right, since since 2019, since Byron Leftwich took over as the offensive play caller, and you're right, keep in mind, Tom Brady comes in 2020 and says, hey, let's add this and let's tweak this and let's do this change here. I wonder how much the playbook has changed with, with the percentages, 10%, 15%, 20%, 30%. I'd yeah. love to know what the number is in terms of the game plan, the, whatever the volume is, however many plays they typically put in during an entire season, what the percentage is yeah. from when Arians first came in and said, here you go, Byron, here's the playbook. We're going to run this. You're yeah. going to call it. To what Paul's it is coming now. on with Paul's coming on with me tomorrow, and we, he's studied Aaron's playbook and obviously this year's offense too. So he can probably give us yeah. a pretty good answer tomorrow on the show. He'll be on with me, and so he can give some some insight and thoughts into that. And we'll get Paul's perspective too on the left which yeah. loss. He, I've been throughout the year higher on on left which than even Paul is. Yeah, uh, but he's kind of come <laughs> around more to my way. I think yeah. I think lately. So I'll be curious yeah. to see what he says tomorrow. But we'll get his thoughts too because I know some people disagree in the chat. I know there's some people who think. Left, which isn't very good, and and you're certainly entitled to your opinion. But I think you know over the years I've kind of expressed well, why real I quote, think that real he is quick a good here. Just just to be clear and fair, long lost leisure. Yes, Byron Leftwich was the offensive coordinator after Mike McCoy was fired. So he was, was it halfway through the year McCoy got fired. Back halfway through the season, yes, that was Steve Wilkes's first and only season in Arizona. That was right after Arians left. Wilkes was hired as Arians' replacement. He kept. Byron left with John as the quarterback's coach because he was still under contract that year. And after Mike McCoy was fired, that's when Byron Leftwich took over the play calling duties for the second half of the season. But he was that running was, Mike McCoy's offense, not, yeah. not Bruce Arians. Which is night and Mike McCoy, one of the worst offensive court. Yeah. yeah. Take that over midseason. Not only yeah. did you follow just one of the worst, they even can't. I couldn't believe that was a hire at the time. It was just awful. And then. Yeah. Not only had Mike McCoy been a total disappointment and him, you know, of late and then obviously that season, not only did you have to do that, that offense was the least talented group of, I mean, that bad. group was brutal. <laughs> like yeah. that was uh, Josh Rosen, your rookie season, right? I'm pretty sure for, yeah. for, uh, and, think so. yeah. yeah. And my goodness, I mean, Rosen right. obviously has been and, like eight different places John? now and not worked out. So yeah, he's, he's done. Right. Yeah, but he, but I, I think that's when Bruce Arian said, you know, wow, if you can, if you can take over that dumpster fire and get first downs and a couple touchdowns, then holy crap, what can you do in my offense? Yeah. You know, and so obviously they were bad, but I still think yeah. that was the best we've ever seen Rosen look with that. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. Zach says, is it possible that Todd Bowles was more interested for the interviews than the game plan? The ending of the game was inexcusable, in my opinion. Yeah. No, this is these guys are professionals. Todd Bowles is committed to winning. I, I don't even I know that people this is easy for fans to think of on the outside, but I just totally I totally stay away from yeah. this stuff. Like, has it ever happened in the history of coaching with a coordinator going for a position? 
Maybe, but Todd Bowles yeah, been through this process a million times. He was going through it, it last happened. year when they won yeah. the Super Bowl. <laughs> right. It happened exactly right. It happened with Monty Kiffin. Like, like there is some realness to that. But sure. But but th- this this is this is different here, and and the reason why it's different is because you got to keep in mind the number of defensive calls. Right, is like that compared to an offensive game plan, which is you know that right. The number mm-hmm. of plays that you're going to install. Versus the the number of, of defensive calls you're going to make and coverage you know calls that you're going to make it's just night and day. Uh, there's just right. there's more to it on offense than there is on defense, and yeah. it, you know it's it's a, a lot of times offenses don't really run the same play uh, during the game, but you'll see you'll see the same coverages run sometimes right. even back to back plays. We're staying cover too, you know whatever. So I I don't buy that with Bulls. I, I don't right. think that. That with 42 seconds left, he had his mind, you know, on Minnesota or no. Las Vegas or wherever he was. He was trying to get after Matthew Stafford. It just was the wrong call. Yeah, just exactly right. It just that's all that it was. I mean, just was a bad game plan. I don't think yeah. there's any. I mean, Bulls is like I said, respected, upstanding dude. And I want to get to Greg DeCruz's question because it is a good question. But first, we got I got to tell people about underdog yeah, fantasy because football season is winding down, but there's still these playoff games coming up. Right now, you can double your first deposit with the promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, on Underdog Fantasy. I mean, we're talking about an exceptional offer here, folks. Like, this is up to $100. You can get double your first deposit. Then you can go in and do some of these pick twos, pick threes on player stat lines, over, under on player stat lines. Great way to get some money in your pocket and have fun to it. It kind of ups the ante for these games a little bit, adds a layer of intrigue and fun. You're cheering for guys to get a catch. You're cheering for this. They got a couple more yards for this guy. It just it's a blast, honestly, to use Underdog yeah, Fantasy. Their website is great, their app is great, they're easy to use, the interface is clean, it's awesome. Use this promo code Pewter. The link is in the YouTube description as well. If you're looking, how do I get to that? Just click on that link in the YouTube description. It'll take you there. I promise you, folks, this is one you're gonna want to sign up for. The playoff games this week, basketball, hockey, if you're into it, all of it. Like they have it all. They have fights too. They have the fights. I think the lines yeah. of the fights too that go in there. I'm that's not even my thing, but I saw people talking about it. So Check out Underdog Fantasy. Get yourself interested, involved in all that stuff. It's really good stuff, and I don't think uh, you'll regret checking that out for sure. All right, let me get to Greg's question here because I wanted to pull it up. Uh, let me see if I can find it again. Uh, maybe the defense needs a fresh voice. There's no excuse for not being ready to execute a play. It's their third season in the same system. This is a valid question in my opinion bulls to me is a definitely good defensive coordinator like he's good i don't think right. he's great i think some people call him the best in the league that to me is crazy i think he's overrated if you want to go by that i still think hard to find a, a I, I wouldn't want to it's kind of like mike tomlin for me like at this point mike tomlin's done some good things yeah i'm not sure that he's ever going to turn the steelers around based on his some of his hiring practices but I also think that there's a high chance somebody else could be way worse. And yeah, like that, right? <laughs> that drags your organization down quickly. Yeah. Now with DC, less of a, a huge deal, but still a deal. Like it still matters. And so I do think this is a part of it with Bulls. Like, do the players need a different voice? Do they need some different things con- conceptually? Because right now it feels like right. part of defense playing defense is have you gotten figured out yet? And it felt yeah. like this year they got figured out a lot. Like, you know, Bulls going to blitz a ton. There's only so many different blitzes you can have. Like, right. at some point you run up against the good quarterbacks and the Matt Staffords and the Josh Allens and those kind of quarterbacks, the Dak Prescotts, you know, those guys light you up. And that's where it gets to be a concern exactly. for me with Bulls. Is next year's schedule is very hard. I plan to do a story about this in the coming days. And I yeah. think that 
the way his, his defense is played against top quarterbacks because he relies on blitzing to get home and then there's too many spot dropping coverages for today's NFL. I'm very I'm concerned that it may have run its course in Tampa or even if he's good, he may be stuck in what he's doing in Tampa. And this is going to be a huge offseason for him to have to kind of evolve and grow in complexity with some of the things that he's done. I, there was talk that he'd like to do that this season with yeah. more man coverage. And at times he did do it this past season, but he picked odd times not to do it. And I hope we do get him. I know people have asked, why hasn't he been available? Why haven't you gotten any questions? I mean, they typically aren't after a game. Like, you know, we have right. to wait until that Thursday before the next game to get the There's a good chance that we, we're not going to get Todd Bowles. We might uh, not get him until, you know, I don't know. Much <laughs> later, <Yeah. laughs> like to OTAs or something. I mean, there's there's that real possibility. Um, you mentioned the 2022 opponents, John. I don't have a graphic for it, but uh, guess who one of those quarterbacks is going to be next year? Matthew Stafford. Uh, They're playing the Rams <laughs> for right. a, a fifth straight time. Mm-hmm. Over the over four years, it's crazy. 2019, 2020, 2021, you know, a couple times, and now 2022. They're also set to play Baltimore, Joe Burrow, and the Bengals. Maybe Aaron Rodgers if he's still with the Packers, but they'll be playing the Packers. Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City. Yeah. And and then you've got uh, uh, if he's back with with Cleveland, you'd have Baker Mayfield. I was going to say the whole AFC North. I mean, not yeah, the whole, but right. Joe Burrow and Lamar Dak Jackson. Prescott. Yeah, Dak, Dak Prescott, Prescott with Dallas. So it doesn't get easier. Yeah, the division. The division might be easy. <laughs> right. Yeah. The division the looks rough, yeah. but yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so it depends. Yeah. Okay. So real quick, we're still oh, going to with. We got our first. This is uh, our first draft question, Scott. Oh, the first whole year, draft I question. Think. Yep. The first draft wow. question. Traylon Burks or Jamison Williams? Boy, that's interesting. Two bigger wide receivers. Burks is bigger. I was Williams. Say Jameson Williams, he's six foot. Uh, yeah, but he's he's the uh, right? yeah, but uh, Traylon Burks is a is a big guy. I like Burks, the yeah, he's Oklahoma, big. or the Oklahoma, the Arkansas uh, wide receiver. And uh, now we're talking about some underclassmen here. And oh, Williams is yeah, Williams listed at six two at least. Yeah, yeah, he's, I did not he's think just he was a little a little skinnier thin, yeah, than thin. he is uh, than Burks. Burks is like two fifteen, I think. Yeah, I know he's, he's listed heavier, but he's not. He's a big guy. Heavy. Yeah. So the great thing is, is uh, we're going to have senior bowl coverage. Those guys won't be at the senior bowl because right. they are underclassmen. But John Ledyard, um, Casey Hudson, and Matt Matera are going to be live in Mobile all next week with senior bowl coverage podcasts. Right. So and and I'll have some stuff coming out too. It, it may not be every position, like full previews of every position. But I'm watching right now. I started looking at wide receivers today and, and yep. kind of looking at ones who check the boxes. And I'm just going to publish on our site, you know, sometime before the senior bowl, throughout the days of the senior bowl. Here's the names to watch. Here's the size and uh, here's the speed requirements. And if you're looking yep. at wide receivers, for example, which I know Bucks fans are going to be, they should be. I'm excited that the, right. this is like a top need, I think, going into the draft for the Bucks because it's a fun position to look at. And the, if you look at what the Bucks have done, speed, 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 even Tyler Johnson, who we don't think is fast, they were like, oh no, we had good times on him when we, you know, he never ran the 40, but we had right. good times on when we ran our metrics on his mile per hour yeah. thing when he was on tape or whatever. Okay, yep. cool. But anyway, like they prioritize speed. Like if they don't they think do. a guy's fast, they won't draft him. If he tests slow, they won't draft him. So yeah. that's a big one to watch. He mentioned, I think two long lost Glazer mentioned two perfect ones there. Like yeah. James Williams, Williams will be on the radar fast. Yeah. And uh, and big enough probably right. to be on the radar. What's the injury situation? That'll be big. Mm-hmm. And then Traylon Burks is like, if his tape checks out, right, and the character and all that, 
physically if they could like that's what they want so the huge yep. receiver who is one vertically throughout college what exactly is he going to run everybody thinks he's right. really fast and he did a lot of damage in the slot and 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 the thing is 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 keep in mind the bucks have been let down by some of these smaller receivers so when john says fast don't necessarily think scotty miller don't right. necessarily think jalen darden because they got some small guys that you honestly can, they're very frustrated with i was because, gonna say you could sense Aaron's frustration this season like yes. he wants big dudes who are gonna bully people like yeah in a run game and, and he wants fast big guys not mm -hmm. big guys like tyler johnson who you know is not overly big he's six you know six one you know he's built similar to chris godwin just chris godwin's a lot more physical and and the reason why i mentioned godwin is is obviously He's out with an ACL. Uh, John, I, I believe, I don't put words in your mouth, but I, I think I speak for you and say that we believe Godwin will be back in Tampa. There, Correct. Will yes. come to a deal, right? We feel very confident yeah. about that. So having said that, Chris Godwin, because he plays that physical slot receiver position that is critical for the Bucks run blocking, as well as running down the middle of the seam against nickel corners, linebackers, safeties, work in the middle of the field where he does take a beating, a la the – the Saints game where you got his knee taken out, they're going to have to find another guy that can play inside and out. And one of those guys might be uh, Dontario Drummond from Ole Miss. He's going to be at the Senior Bowl. That's that's a, a name to keep an eye on, and we'll see. He's kind of got some sneaky speed about him, right? I mean, even Mike uh, Evans does not look like he's a burner. But just right. ask Jalen Ramsey how fast he is, right? I mean, he's he roasted Ramsey. So yeah. I, I think that they're going to want a bigger bodied receiver that has some wheels and, and someone that can play inside and out. Mm -hmm. Outside, when Chris Godwin's healthy, playing that maybe that uh, uh, flanker position that that uh, Antonio Brown played, the Z wide receiver. Yeah. But then also having the ability to go inside and play some slot in case something happens to Chris Godwin because he's dealt with a broken uh, you know, finger. He's dealt with concussions. He's dealt with knee injuries, dealt with hamstring injuries. He's just a physical player that throws yeah. his body around. And, and you want to be able to not have that position come to the screeching halt, John, that it did when Tyler mm -hmm. Johnson had to take over. You're right. That will be a priority for them. Flexibility, but also a guy that could play inside. Another guy, Jalen Tolbert, who's going to be at the Senior Bowl. South yeah. Alabama, he'll be playing at home right there in Mobile, where he yeah. uh, was born and raised. Uh, he's 6'3", 195. He's got a great body type. Yeah. He definitely won vertically in college. You can knock the level of competition, but then Tennessee, like he goes against Tennessee and he's lighting them up. He's producing, yeah. he's running pivot routes and getting open. I don't, there's, I have questions for sure. What's his athleticism actually like? Yeah. There's some good yak plays on tape, but a lot of it's just running around bad angles more than actually making people miss and running through people. Right. So I want to see some things more from Tolbert against better competition, but he's one. And then Ramio Dobbs from Nevada, 6'2", 200 is a speed guy. One down the field a lot, played with Carson yeah. Strong. We, Those we are two guys. Like Dobbs. Yeah, mid-round guys that I think yeah. we'll have our eyes on at the Senior Bowl here. Uh, okay, let's get back to the Bucks here quickly, although we I need to touch on Godwin too. But Zach Jarvis with the $20 Super Chat. Thank you, Zach. Thank yes. you. Thank you. If Brady retires, what do you think our record will be next season? Also, I think we need to get younger and faster in the trenches on defense. We need to get pressure with four instead of blitzing so much. Love the content. We're going to talk about the second part of this one tomorrow on the podcast, Zach. Yeah. So Tune in tomorrow, and we will touch on the second part of this. How how can they get pressure with four? Because you're exactly right, Zach. Yeah, and Mark Fisher, um, we see, see your question, too. Tomorrow we'll kind of get into the defensive line aspect and, and all of that, too. Right. We're going to stick with quarterbacks. 
Let's and, talk about uh, if Brady retires because yeah. and then that all right, John. Let's, let's, let's put your let's put ourselves on the spot here. As of right now, do you think Tom Brady retires or does he come back for the final year of his contract? I'm going to stick with my answer that I think he comes back, but okay. I am less confident than I. Oh, everybody's less confident than they were two weeks ago when this nobody thought this was even a thing. I'm yeah. less confident than I was a couple days ago. Like he comes out of the game and he's like, I haven't even thought about it, guys. And I'm like, all right, yeah. he just doesn't want to tell anybody yet. That's fine. And then he goes on his Let's Go podcast, and it's clear he has thought about it. He has thought about it an awful lot. <laughs> so yes, it's yeah, like, here's all the philosophical reasons why I think retirement right. could be a very healthy endeavor for me. Like, it was, I mean, blocks and blocks of quotes about why he thinks it'd be. So he's clearly thought about it a lot. And there's a lot of people that say, once you've thought about it a lot, yeah, you know, you're kind of already one foot out the door. And Brady's never done anything with one foot out the door. So right. I am curious to see what happens in the coming weeks. Having said yeah. that, I could definitely see Brady thinking along those lines and then being like, mm, I got one more in me. And Gronk, yeah. I could see saying the same thing. Now, Gronk told TMZ today, right now, if I had to make a decision, I would retire. And so I was yeah. like, wow, that's so – he may be actually leaning toward retirement. But he said, we'll see in a couple of weeks. I'm going to get my body right. right. He's like, I felt that way before and then wanted to come back. And so it's not necessarily saying anything, but at the same time, I think it's worth noting. Um, yeah. And I think that it all will play into – I mean, Brady's decision is going to be – Almost all people ask Leftwich, Godwin, Gronk. Like, what does does that play into Brady's decision? To me, will be almost all family. The yes. Bucks are going to have a good roster, and they're you know these guys are they're not going to like let the roster go if Brady's coming back. Right. So they're going to bring back Godwin and, and Carlton, and they're going to go all in for a Super Bowl. Like right. that's yeah. I don't uh, think that he needs to know that. Like he like the Packers, for example, who are like forty million over the cap. The Bucks right. are under the cap considerably. Like. They have space. Like they're not the same situations where Rogers like I gotta know. Like, are we going all in? Are you guys giving Devonte the bag? And are we going right. all in? Like, Brady <laughs> knows that the Bucks are all in. Like he knows that. So yeah, I don't know how much he needs to hear from the Bucks. I think he just needs to like just decide with his family what's the best thing. And Gronk maybe has a big, a small role in that. But Brady's decision will probably have a big effect on on Gronk. I, I would imagine. Here's what I think. I, I I thought he was coming back. I'm actually leaning towards Brady retiring. Wow. I and I'll, I'll tell you why. Because he does not want – because here's the thing. If he comes back for, for next year, right, and he's even said he wants to play to 45, right? That's mm -hmm. That's one, been one of the kind of the goals for him. So he would be checking that box. But you can – you can be assured that next year there would be an element of distraction because it really would be the victory tour. It'd be the victory lap. It'd be the, the farewell tour, whatever you want to call it. And there would be so many questions from the national media on a regular basis uh, for every game. And I, I just think that Tom Brady went through that to a degree, John, in the New England game when he went back to New England. He did not play his best. The Buccaneers eked out a win. And and I just think he got a little overwhelmed in that game, and I I he saw his life flash before his eyes when Donald giving up ten pressures. Yeah, so to a degree, so I I just I I don't know that he wants to kind of go through that because this is a guy that loves to to play distraction free football to focus on the game, and I just don't know if he would want to to be under the microscope for seventeen weeks that this is your last game, this is your last divisional game, this is your last game here, your last game there, this is your last home game. I just don't right. know if he would want to have to kind of deal with that while preparing to beat a team that is, you know, gunning for him in the Buccaneers. Now, the other thing, too, is 
is let's keep this in mind that I, I touched on this a little bit on Monday with, with Tom Brady, the roster was good enough to get Brady to come to Tampa, but he wasn't done. His first phone call was to pick up the phone, Rob Gronkowski. Hey, you want to, you want to come out of retirement and join me in Tampa? Great. Hang on. Let me put you on with the uh, Jason light. Jason, you got to trade for this guy, right? Then it was, Hey, uh, Jason, I want Leonard Fournette. Jason, we probably need to get Antonio Brown on, on the team too. What I'm saying is the Bucks roster wasn't done, right? He had to add more pieces. I think before Brady wants to commit to coming back, he wants to see a Super Bowl caliber roster. He wants to he wants to say, what's the blueprint? How are we going to get to the Super Bowl? Because I'm not coming back just to win the NFC South. I'm not coming mm. back to win 11 games or 13 games. I'm coming back to win a Super Bowl. That's my goal. Show me the Super Bowl roster. And quite frankly, I don't know if the Buccaneers are going to be able to construct one this year because some of the of the premium players they had, like Jason Pierre-Paul two years ago, was a pro bowler. Nine and a half sacks, two interceptions. But he wasn't. But yeah. well, he I, mean, I know he but, technically was. But, yeah. he, was but he, was, he was better then than he was last year, yeah, right? For sure. And you're not going to get that, that 2020 version of Jason Pierre-Paul in 2022, not at age 33. Yeah. So, I guess I definitely see it different then because I definitely think that he thinks the Bucks have a good – like the roster's there, especially look at the NFC. I mean, there's just like uncertainty all over the place right now, and we got a long way to go. I mean, oh yeah, it, it's hard right. to and, know. And, and see, that's the thing. I don't think Brady's leaving to go anywhere. I just think that the, if the options are family and you know, hanging it up, and you know what? I went out on top. Aaron Rodgers have the damn MVP. I don't give a shit. But I'm, I was the best quarterback this year. I know it. The statistics say it. I broke every single record. You know, I'm going out on top. Yeah, and I mean, we we tried and right. gave it our best, and right that that part definitely believable to me. Yeah, for sure. I, I yeah I so okay. What what are the what are Plan Bs then? If if Brady does decide to walk away, let's just go down that path. I know yep. Bucks fans don't want to go down that path. First, we're going to talk about options, but this is the only guy that is going to put you on the same level. Like, nope, there's not going to be as positive a projection about the Bucks next season, even if the NFC's down as a whole because all the changes that look like they're coming. There's not going to be as positive a projection with the Bucks next right. season without Brady, unless this guy's maybe around Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, and we'll have to see. This is an interesting one. Today, I listened to Andrew Brandt was on, who used to be as a executive with the Packers, was on a Rich Eisen show, and he was talking about the Rodgers situation. And he thinks, even though Rodgers and the Packers have reached an amicable place, that the Packers are still looking at the situation. Like Rodgers doesn't want to go year to year. Like he wants to, if he's going to keep playing, he wants to know that there's yep. like some security and like what he's doing and that. And meanwhile, right. the Packers are what in year three of Jordan Love, something like that. So, like, yeah, they want to kind of know three, right? Yeah, they want to know what's going on with Jordan <laughs> it's, Love, which it's it's a little bit different, right? I mean, when you're talking about uh, a quarterback drafted within the top fifteen, top twenty, it was twenty. It was they traded 20, to okay. like twenty five, right. I think. I it's different than Kyle Trask, who was oh, yeah. oh, last yeah. pick in the second round, which is yeah, essentially totally a third different. rounder. You know, yeah, totally different. Uh, no question about it. And the Packers need to weigh all those things. So. We'll see kind of how that situation plays out with him. Brandt finished the segment with Eisen as somebody who's obviously dialed in yeah. to a degree. Um, and he said he thinks that the, they're going to end up trading Aaron Rodgers for something. Now, Makes sense. the compensation won't matter to the Bucs. Like they have, they feel like they have the right. roster. If they get their quarterback and it's that guy, then yeah. they're going to feel great. So it'll be an option. Do I think it's likely? We have no clue at this point. We yeah. don't know. Denver, they've talked and, about and here's the other thing. places that have talked about Rodgers. Realistically so, speaking, well, here's the problem. Realistically speaking, I don't know that the Packers think that they're going to be 
uh, a Super Bowl contender next year with, with Jordan Love. They're going to be in a bit of a rebuilding situation. You don't want to sit there and wave the white flag by any means, mm-hmm. throw in the towel. But listen, I mean, going from Aaron Rodgers, you're a Super Bowl contender to Jordan Love, you're not. Would they would they trade him within the the conference to to the Buccaneers? Right. That's that's one question. The other thing is is guess who the Bucks are playing next year? The Packers. Yep. Do you want to yep. see Aaron Rodgers against yep. the Packers? There's next a couple year layers to this. There's a couple layers to this. The Bucks first round picks are not going to be that valuable. Other teams, they're going to be right. more valuable. Denver's first round picks are going to be more valuable, probably. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's a higher likelihood. Now, if the Bucs are trading future first-round picks for Aaron Rodgers and they're getting Aaron Rodgers, again, I don't know that those first-round picks are going to be that high in the draft. So that's going to have point. to be something they weigh in. If the Denver does it, there might be a little bit higher in the draft. You know, I don't. Denver's not as good a roster as, as uh, Tampa Bay, but it's still, you know, wherever you yeah. trade Aaron Rodgers, you're probably – so what do you want back in return? Do you want some type – I mean, players' trades like that are very – odd in today's NFL most of the time it is draft compensation yeah. especially if they're going with Jordan Love at quarterback it's like okay we need draft compensation here's an interesting part of this Scott is that the third round picks that the Bucks are going to get if Byron Leftwich is hired as the Jacksonville Jaguars head coach and then if balls were to be hired too they'd obviously get two more but well, Leftwich will get a- actually that's not the case just just to clarify because I thought that was the case too so if, if Byron Leftwich leaves or Todd Bowles whoever leaves first the Buccaneers get a third round compensatory pick this year and also yep. next year, if in the same year, another minority executive or coach, in this case, Todd Bowles, per your suggestion, John, if Bowles leaves, they would only get one additional third rounder. And that would be three okay. years from now. So the Buccaneers, would, yeah, so okay. the, the Buccaneers would get a third round compensatory pick for Leftwich this year in 2022 next year in 2023 and then, and then bulls third rounder would be in 2024 i thought okay. they would get two more but that's okay. not the case it's, gotcha. it's one two and three that's either way since left which is the only one likely to be gone then they will right. probably get so those thirds can be used as incentives what i'm trying to say in terms of tr- trading you can trade those comp picks now so now those could be used in a different way and yeah that could be a possibility in terms of creating a trade we are laying this out everybody understands like this is like none of these trades that your ideal trade scenario is almost always not going to happen. So we right. got to start from that standpoint. Like <laughs> yes. we're, we're dreaming here and the Packers. I mean, the, yeah. I think the bucks, the one part I say confident is the bucks are not going to just be like, we're going with Trask and Gabbert next year. Like with right. this roster, like if that ends up happening, I don't know if they're going to cry like about it or guys yeah. are going to like, quit playing. We'll try to make but, it work, but it's right. You're not but going- this is like, that would be there. Somebody else will be in the mix here. Now Rogers is the pipe dream, but it's, probably more unlikely than than not right um just because it's hard to do those things maybe it yeah. does i mean maybe he is intrigued in tampa bay maybe he doesn't want to follow brady's act and then be compared to him for the rest right. of his, you know there's a lot of layers to it the well, other, the other, the other thing is they exist. both were number 12 right <laughs> so yeah that's true too and i don't know what they're gonna do with number 12 if yeah. brady retires but the other thing that's interesting about this scott is who are the other options for the bucks so, you know if you look around the league, russell wilson that's a name that some people i've already seen people yeah. on twitter talk about now he's not a fit he doesn't feel like a fit to me either because yeah. a he loves being up north and he loves big cities uh right. that's kind of he's he's like oh i'll go to new york the giants suck yeah but i'm in new york so like you know yep. I, he has weird priorities, and I don't know that he would align with leverage. I will just say this, though. Stylistically, I would actually really want to see this thing happen because 
there is no quarterback in the league who loves throwing vertically down the field on That's the outside true. of the numbers more than Russell Wilson. It would be That's a true. dream in that way. Yeah. I, he I won't just, throw to the middle of the field at all, though. And, yeah, he won't. Arians, they, even though he loves the outside. I was shots. getting ready to say that, that yeah. that's the thing is, is, is to see him try to throw the middle of the field rather than, you know, the hashes. That would be a, take a lot of sacks in that offense. He'd take too, a but, bunch of sacks. And in the thing too is 50 deep balls a year, Scott. Yeah, he's, he's, unreal. he's a pocket passer, but he's also not. And the fact that he's not six four, six five, I think would drive Arians nuts. I just, you know, you look yeah. at the quarterbacks that I think maybe the, the, yeah. the shortest quarterback. He's a type. He's a type. Yeah. You know, was was Kelly Stauffer maybe uh, back in oh, the day, okay, back, back in, in the Cleveland, day. right? I mean, it's Ben Roethlisberger. It's it's James yeah, yeah. Winston. It's, he is a type. I mean, Stafford is Andrew like his Luck. quarterback. Yeah. yeah. Peyton if he Manning. could create, it would be like Josh Allen, Matt Stafford types. I mean, he he doesn't really care about the athleticism now that he's seen Josh Allen do what he's done. He's, you know, so the Mahomes, Allen, Stafford, yeah. someone that that's like his prototype. So yeah, I mean, yeah. um, so that that's one option that I don't think is going to happen, but I know people I put it out there. I think that one's a pipe dream for sure, even probably less likely than Rodgers. Plus, it sounds like he might stay. Yeah. Kirk Cousins, um, this is kind of vikings have he's one year left on his deal vikings just hired an analytics uh background general manager yeah. who is almost certainly going to try i mean first rule of numbers guys is you trade players who aren't going to get you to the promised land that are on expiring contracts while they still have some value and he can get value for cousins and he's yeah. going to get it so cousins is almost certain to get traded this offseason in my opinion could it be to the bucks maybe uh, there's some things that fit uh he does throw the football down the field pretty well yeah. um and arians cares about that it but he just doesn't seem like a gamer. Like, and yeah. I just don't know if that's going to annoy Arians that he doesn't right. seem like a gamer. Yeah. I think same thing true about Derek Carr, yeah. you know, yeah. um, I, you know, I, I've, I've been fond of Derek Carr's game. It just, you know, he's, he's had a lot of years to work with Gruden and see what you want by Gruden, but he's gotten the best out of some quarterbacks. Brian Greasy had his best years under Gruden. Brad Johnson had his best years under Gruden. Gruden is not great at developing young quarterbacks, as Chris Sims, right? As Sean King, but established veteran quarterbacks, like he inherited Derek Carr. And, you know, Carr's been good, but not great. And so I just don't know about that fit either. So those are some names out there. But unless some more of these options present themselves, you know, and, and with some of these coaching changes, you know, we'll see. But uh, it might be a situation too where, you know, John, you look at, at Sam Darnold, right? I mean, he was available, and then um, Matt Rule took the cheese, right, and <laughs> it got and got snapped on his neck like a, a rat in a trap, right? I mean, Sam Darnold's not the answer. So just because quarterbacks are available doesn't mean they're the right call. Yeah. But you know, some of those guys we mentioned are more the name. Yeah. veteran quarterbacks out there and, and you know and there's know. some guys who aren't fits at all jimmy garoppolo would be an example yeah. i not a fit it whatsoever um right. i can't see there being any interest there there's some guys like that you know and then there's always you know Jameis ryan fitzpatrick i don't i don't stuff. think deshaun watson you know his situation is still in limbo no yeah so, yeah so that's just a total unknown yeah. um you don't think Jameis and fitzpatrick maybe a package deal come back four-man quarterback room <laughs> Fitzpatrick, Jameis, oh my God, Gabbert, and Trask. <laughs> yeah. Group that would be wow, unbelievable. Um, this is a uh, there's there's another good question. Super chat earlier. I'm sorry, I passed it, and I've missed like half. I think I pulled them up I'm here. Sorry. I think I think we've gotten them all. Okay, um, did we get one? There was one about like a surprise free agent the Bucks could lose earlier. I forget who it was, but anyway, I think it, Ryan Jensen would probably be a surprise. I mean, again, I think yeah. Godwin and Carlton Davis. Keep an eye on Denver. 
that that, that would be the situation there. I, I don't know that for no Denver for Ryan Jensen. He's a Colorado native. Really? They just drafted uh, Lloyd Cushenberry. He exactly. Well, so. this past year. Yeah. So yeah, maybe not. I don't know. It could happen. There's a lot but, of teams. Yeah. yeah, it could be. But anyway, Jensen. Yeah, he could be one that that go. I mean, just because he's going to probably want ten and a half to twelve and a half, and yeah. the Bucks are already committed financially to two guys and will be to Werfs and yeah. Jensen is yeah, going to be thirty one in May. And it, it really down. it really depends, right? I mean, if the chain reaction is such, the Bucks lose a ton of coaches. If Brady retires. If, if they're essentially stuck with with Blaine Gabbard and Kyle Trask and developing and going with a little bit younger at quarterback and trying to get Trask ready sooner rather than later, you I don't want to say you could see a youth movement, but it's like the, they they could weigh the the benefits of it and say, well, let's just get this train started with with Hainsey and and uh, and, and develop elsewhere and and kind of try to reload, not necessarily for twenty twenty. Two, but maybe 2023 or 24. The yeah. only problem is, is listen, Bruce Arians is under contract for two more years. He's 69. Right. He'll be 70 this year. So Bruce is going to want to get another shot at the ring or two. Bruce does not want to like go down <laughs> hill at this stage. Me, he yeah. wants to go out swinging on top. That's exactly right. That's yeah. why I say like there's Brady's not love. Like it's again, it's just comparing the situations. The floor is young. He's probably going to be in green Bay for forever. The way he's going, yeah. like they have another quarterback there. That's just a totally different situation. When you're comparing yeah. green Bay to Tampa Bay, like he knows Arian's age. He knows the roster. He knows yeah. that they kicked the can down the road last year. He knows they're all in right now. They're under yeah. the cap. They Wait, have this, flexibility to make moves. This so. is a great question from Trevor Sikama here, right? <laughs> Trevor says, "Yeah, from Nate, from Trevor, he says, would you yeah. trade all your draft picks for the next two years for Patrick Mahomes? The Chiefs this wouldn't is a even do that. To me. Yeah, the, they the, wouldn't the do Chiefs it. wouldn't even do it. There's no way. But I would like, trade them. Heck yeah, I'd trade them. You kidding me? Oh, yeah, I, I would Absolutely. for sure. But the Chiefs yeah. wouldn't. Now, here's the thing. Let, let, let me ask you this, John. How many first-round picks, and you can even throw second-rounders in them, but so let, let's, let's say this. How many first and second round picks would it take to pry Patrick Mahomes from Kansas City? How many years worth? If you had a team that said, we're going to trade you our first and second round pick for X amount of years. It's a blank check. You fill in the blank. How many would it take for Kansas City to, to really maybe say, okay, let's do it? I, I don't think there's a scenario which Kansas City would consider. You could say 10 years, and I don't think, because you know what you have. Yeah, it's probably I, I, multiple I think, championships in the next. I think 10 years. ten years would be the one that that gives Kansas City pause, <laughs> where they actually have to consider it, right? And and I don't think they're alone. I mean, it is so hard to get a quarterback yeah. that's special. That like it's once you have him, there's really nothing. Like, you, like even the Bills, Josh Allen hasn't won anything, quote right. unquote. But like, dude, you're not trading that guy for anything. Like, you're exactly. just not. Um, yeah. Elliot, would you like to see Arians learn a big bet out of retirement if Brady retires? I would honestly probably quit. This is probably the one thing to make me quit. Your reports. <laughs> I would just be like, I'm done. Like, I would, I would not watch that. Uh, I wouldn't. I would not be able to watch that. That would be the worst possible. Yeah, that'd be horrible. People cooked, did. Right? Yeah, He's... people were. I'm looking at the chat. I'm trying to catch up. People are very down on the cousins idea. And yeah. higher on the, I think there's some car fan. Like there's some people who are like I could live with that. Now they yeah. kind of had some interest in car right before the Brady thing. Like they were, they weren't out on car like during that time. Right. right? He so, was an option. He was an option on the he table. Just come off I, his best year. He's played better the last yeah. two years. He could throw the ball down the field. Absolutely. Yeah. He yeah. can get passive at times in games. I think and get a little gun shy. And teams right. say that when we pressure him, he falls apart. You've seen multiple players say this now over yeah. the years. 
there's some truth to it maybe, but like, I think it's honestly, he's played also played fine at times under pressure, you know, right. He would be not the ceiling of Brady, obviously, but right. A better option than cousins in my opinion. Well, the other I thing too is the 49ers, if they win it all or if they lose, are they going to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo? Is Jimmy G an option? Right. I mean, that's why I said Jimmy G to me yeah. is like the worst schematic fit in the world. Yeah, like everything he throws yeah. is schemed open underneath. Yeah. Nobody run wants after Jimmy catch. G. Even the yeah, he, I mean, big just, time throws this season. I think he has yeah. eight in like the whole year. Brady had that in like some single games. Like it's, yeah. they're just like polar opposite in that way. So yeah, I, yeah, I, Russell I don't Wilson see Jimmy being a fit at all. This O line is, is deadly. I mean, I get like, yeah, I would be here for the chaos of Russell Wilson in, yes. in this puck system, like holding the ball longer, drops, uh, yeah. like, you know, it would be. It would be a some friction, especially especially with Arians as the play caller, right? I mean, that's that's even more like egregious than if, if Arians just chilling on the sidelines with Byron calling the plays and having to deal, you know, with with Russell Wilson. Because oh, Arians would be up a tree. Obviously. Yeah, say what you want about Arians, but he's a very structured type of, you know, he wants a pocket passer. Mm-hmm. He's got throwing lanes he creates open with with these routes and stuff. So it's it's very much a structure based offense this is not a whereas russell wilson's more of an improvisational sandlot type player um that that would be a very interesting delicate um you know match right there john you you mentioned josh um allen uh, not our josh allen but uh, the bills josh allen a couple of minutes ago and the one thing that I'm going to tell you is I've got a new Manscaped read, and we're going to be doing that right now. And I, I did see that uh, that there was a mention of the Bills here. So there's nothing like the NFL playoffs. Move over Bills Mafia. It's time for Balls Mafia with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. They're here to remind you that the recipe for success to the playoffs is simple. It's protect your franchise quarter balls. The road to the Super Bowl is never easy, but the road to your Super Bowls is only a few clicks away. Take the Lambo leap and join over 4 million men worldwide, including John and myself, who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer. It's saving 20% off your Manscaped purchase plus free shipping if you use the promo code Pewter20. Now, this year, take your package to the next level with their Performance Package 4.0 and their new brand new ultra premium body wash, the two-in-one shampoo and conditioner Uh, inside the performance package 4.0. You're going to be getting a lot of things. You're going to be getting the signature lawnmower 4.0, the electric trimmers designed to trim hair around the loose skin down there. And the advanced skin safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate nuts. It also comes equipped with a 4,000 K led spotlight. I don't have mine handy. It just manscaped yesterday. It's in the bathroom. Uh, Thanks a lot. Yeah, but what I do have is I do have this, which is uh, this is the the weed whacker, and the weed whacker is is the the best nose hair and ear hair trimmer. You stick it up there, turn it on, and it does the job for you. No snags, no pulls. It's an easy way to get rid of nose hair in a second. And in addition to both of those items, you also get the shed, which is the awesome leather travel case to keep all of your manscape goodies in. In addition to the crop reviver and the crop preserver, mm, these formulations it. are fantastic for your balls. Keeps them smooth, feeling good, and more important, smelling good. Um, what else am I forgetting? The boxer briefs, John. The, the boxer briefs for Manscaped, I've got some on actually today. They're the most comfortable pair of boxer briefs that I have. 
they just are they're they're fantastic uh, feel and they're non-chafing which is great mm -hmm. after you're done with with your manscaping put these bad boys on everything feels nice and smooth so to get all of this uh you want to go to manscape.com use the promo code pewter20 to save 20 percent and also get free shipping and i'm also going to throw in some pewter report a pewter report t-shirt for you yeah uh, if you want actually i'm gonna i'm gonna give you two i'm gonna give you two pewter report wow. t-shirts all right wow because we need to sell three more manscaped items by the end of of the um of the month so i'm just putting that out there you're going to get two pewter report shirts either the pewter the black or the white and you can you can determine which two you want so just let me know what size and what colors you want and what i want you to do is after you place your order on manscaped using the promo code pewter 20 you're going to forward me the email receipt you're going to get it's got your address on it which i need to send you the free shirts but it doesn't have any of your financial information which i don't need don't want so forward me that that receipts make this this purchase before the end of the month couple days left pewter 20 on manscape.com and then let me know what color shirts you want pewter or gray white or black those are the, your three choices so let me know about, about those and uh, we'll get that sent out to you you can email me at sr at pewterreport.com sr at pewterreport.com Truly is a game-changing purchase. Nate says, guys, I can't afford any more of your sponsor, Sports Garage Celsius, and I did get the Manscaped Weed Whacker. It's pretty Appreciate awesome. That. Glad to hear it, Nate. It really is. It's a game-changer uh, product. There's no question about it. Real quick, we'll finish things off here. Leo, $5 Super Chat. Thoughts on Brady to the 49ers? It's dumb, right? I'd also love AB to go to the Ravens. He'll be calling Lamar glorified running back by week five. Hashtag mental wealth. Uh, the AB stuff, I'm not even touching that. It's yeah. out of control. Uh, Brady to the 49ers. No, that's not going to, Brady's under contract. So, yeah. um, the, some people are maybe getting that mixed, but it's Brady's Tampa Bay or retirement. Yeah. For, for yeah it's every, right. Exactly. So, um, we'll see what happens with that, obviously. And uh, I don't know if we got another, uh, I don't think that's it for super chats. I think we're good, but, um, no, uh, that this was kind of, I think we covered all the ground we want to cover. Went a little yeah. bit long on today's show. Oh, but here's here's one thing too, right? So, uh, I didn't get to this. Uh, if, for example, if, for example, um, Larry Foote leaves, right, who would take over as the mm. outside linebackers coach? James Betcher, who was the, who was the outside linebackers coach under Bruce Arians mm -hmm. from 2013 to 2014 and then took over as the defensive coordinator when Todd Bowles left to become the Jets head coach. So Betcher was the outside linebackers coach, actually dating back to 2012 in Indianapolis with Arians. So he's got outside linebacker experience. After Arians retired, he went on to have kind of two nondescript years with the New York Giants as their defensive coordinator under Pat Shermer. Didn't go too well. Didn't have the talent, obviously, that he had in Arizona. Guys like Patrick Peterson, Calais Campbell, et cetera. But Betcher would be the outside linebackers coach in Tampa. What is he doing now? He is the senior defensive assistant and uh, run game specialist for the 49ers. So he's going to be busy yeah. on Sunday trying yeah. to stop um, Cam Akers, Sony Michelle. Defensive run games, but yeah. Defensive yes, run defensive defense. run game right. specialist. Correct. Interesting. All right. Well, there you go. James Petra, that's the name to watch for sure. So we'll uh, keep you up. We'll keep you up today as we always do. PeterReport.com right now is having this might be our best traffic day ever, Scott. This month has been our best traffic yes. month ever. As John, of, are we month, doing the mock draft so. tomorrow? It's ready. We do it. 
Should we do it tomorrow? Oh, oh, oh yeah. Mock draft is running tomorrow, right? On the on the website. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. So you're yeah, I think well, so. Yeah. I mean it's it's ready to go. I'm just saying, do you yeah. want to all right? Oh, so. I, I think the people are ready. They're ready to okay. turn the page on this Rams game and Todd Bowles, and yeah, they're ready. Okay. So no here's here's the thing. I've got an extra third round compensatory pick in there, assuming they're going to lose Byron Leftwich. So we'll probably put the mock draft out in the afternoon just to make sure that it's not messed up by either Leftwich staying or Leftwich going. Right. Because right now I've got that extra third round compensatory pick in there. So look for it Sounds in good. the afternoon. We'll have plenty of Bucks content later tonight, tomorrow morning on PeopleReport.com. Yep, absolutely. It's going to be great stuff. No question about it. And tomorrow on the podcast, Paul Atwell and I coming at you 4 p.m. Eastern. We will have some good. Uh, we'll have talk. We're going to talk scheme going into the offseason, what it looks like, and what players and roles on the team need to be updated. We I saw some of that in my Bucks briefing today. If you haven't checked that out, if you report on Bucks briefing, I wrote about six roster holes that need to be filled going into the offseason. Scott and I are going to, or uh, Paul and I are going to touch on those tomorrow within the context of the Bucks scheme and kind of where the direction the team are headed. But there's six roles that we think at least need to change, and we'll get some of Paul's thoughts and some of the stuff we've been talking about with Byron Luffage as well. So looking forward to that. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I appreciate y'all. We'll catch you again next time on another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out.